Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and every Monday, you will be joining me, Eric Fung, and SG Budget Big Dawn on our weekly segment, Wise and Shine, where we leverage on the latest quirky happenings out there on the internet to answer many of your burning social and personal development questions. Yes, we all sick and tired of talking about money, so welcome back to Wise and Shine. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This can also be said in Singapore with a local versus an expat. Mm. Right? You're doing, oh, one, uh, you're doing, you're doing the yes. exact same role and yet the expat is earning more than you. Yes, yep. yes. Right? Big so this, this is also there. Is it still there? Is it still I believe common? So, yes. It's still common. Yeah. I think it's still a prevalent practice in hiring mm. organizations yeah. today. So they still pay the Ang more. more. Wise and Shine. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut. And I'm Dawn, Budget Babe. Today, we're going to talk about a really sensitive topic that probably every single one of us who has ever been employed at any point in time would have encountered, mm. whether in the workplace or at a part time job or an internship, right? And I think the key question here is should your earnings be based on your last salary? So for the purpose of this discussion, we've brought in someone who works in tech sales, which, as we all know, has been getting a lot of traction recently <laughs> for the salaries that people in tech get, no less by the recent article whereby Google engineers were reviewed to have been paid how much and the headline was Google's people are being paid so much that it would take decades for ordinary people to catch up. So with us today on this show, we have our guests. Hi, folks. Rakesh here from well, TFC. From market updates and so on. And of course, I'm I'm in tech as well uh, as a salesperson. Don't buy share this. How many times you introduce yourself? Relax. La, say. Okay. Most of the morning, I don't work for Google. Uh, so I just, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> just want to point that out. <laughs> yeah. But the genesis for this episode is really because, I mean, that Google article aside, it is a reality that most of us struggle with glass ceilings. I think especially in Asian countries, Asian-run companies, um, you could be US-owned company, but if your HR and management here are still very much Asian, you would probably have seen that trend and practice of being asked for your last salary. And the common practice then is that people, when they job hop, mm. they get paid you know, up to 20% more than their last salary. Mm. No more, sometimes less. But no more, mm-hmm. right? But why should it have to be that way? And if you look online, everyone's asking, HR's asking me to give my last salary. Can I don't give? Yeah, why must mm-hmm. I give? But then sometimes HR tells you, you don't give, you don't get the job, right? So yep. will, will this practice ever change? Should your earnings be tied to your last salary? Mm-hmm. So it's always tied, right? So mm-hmm. th- in that sense, then it's like a chain holding you back because mm-hmm. if your starting line, and we're going to talk about that soon, if your starting line is, further behind, it's going to take you so much more to get to this other person whose starting line is much further. Mm, mm. 
Okay, so before we begin, I want to throw in two spanas. Huh? So the, the first thing is the Asian Asian thing. Okay, so this whole Asian company, Asian culture came about during the time of Mahathir, during the time of Lee Kuan Yew, where they came up with these Asian values to combat the universality of Western values, right? Mm. Because the Western countries, which is America, Canada, you know, all the Amo Amo nation, uh, of course, this Western concept also expanded over time. Like, who is considered Western? But they were the ones after the war, they won. And so they tried to push their ideas onto other nations in other parts of the world. And that's why a lot of the Asian leaders came together to establish what they call Asian values as a way to combat against Western values as a universal value across the world. Okay? So this is how it started. Of course, over time... Then everything become all oh, Asians are like that. Asians are like yeah, mm. Asians are like that. You know, which for me is also a bit problematic because how I look at this kind of Asian company, you know, thing, right? It's because for a long period of time, Asian companies are not at the top dog of the value chain. Right? So if you're not the top dog of the value chain, you are always the outsource, right? They outsource to you, you do. Right? So when you are there, of course, margins are very tight. So all the numbers are very tight. It has to be done that way. Only when you are the top dog, when you are the innovator, you own the IP, you own you know, the brand, then your margins are huge. Then your people can be paid a lot. right? So, so I think these are the two spanners that I want to throw into the discussion for people to realize where these Asian values came about. Please go and read about it. And the extension of why a lot of companies in Asia, or even uh, Amor companies that have HQ here, mm. they come here because they want to cheat, ma. Right, Singaporeans think we make a lot, but actually relative to New York, relative to London, relative to Shanghai, you are cheap. That's mm. why people come here. Okay? So I think these are the, the two things I want to throw into the discussion. But I totally understand where you're coming with, with the whole like, oh yeah, why need to ask for a last pay? I think most you know, people, and you, you guys can let us know in the comments uh, whether this is true or not, but most people would attest to a shared or similar experiences whereby they're Asian HR is always the one asking for the last salary, the last paycheck. I mean, in my mm. case, for instance, right, all along, every single company, um, Asian HR, I was mm. always asked for my last paycheck. Mm. I could never get out of it. And as, I mean, as much as we can see online, you know, online advice say, oh, you want to break through that glass ceiling, don't give, refuse to give. But I also have to say, it's not always practicable. Mm. It depends on how the HR reacts also. Mm. And some HR, even when it's okay not to get, right, they will make it seem like you won't get the job if you don't get. I cannot give you the job if you don't give me this. Mm, and yeah. hence, you are stuck. As a job applicant, you may not have the power unless you have many, many options and you don't mind not working for this yeah. company. Mm. But in my case, all the Asian bosses, all the Asian HR, every single one asked me for my last salary. Mm. Yeah. And what about I, you? And we can interject on that, right? The first thing I would say is, this is like parcel sales, right? If someone is telling you you're not going to get the job if you don't get it, there's probably something else that is going to piss you off in that job, right? I, I don't know, right? You can tell me from your experience, but I will not do that and say, then don't give me the job because what you're providing is value, mm. right? Money is just the, the outcome of what your salary is. So I would, I would go back to them and say, then don't give me the job. Mm. Call me up. When, you, when you're happy to pay whatever, what I'm asking for. In my experience as well, absolutely. Uh, number one, straight away they say, oh, okay, um, how come you don't have your address on your resume? I get that. Because they want to see where you stay. Mm, mm. That they could determine your salary. Mm. Mm. They ask you for your last paycheck or they ask you for uh, your tax. 
So if your grandfather stay in Bukit Timah, you must put the Bukit Timah address. <laughs> I mean, you wanna pay me I've, more? If not, sorry. I cannot afford my Bukit Timah. Maybe it's a personal rent. thing, but yeah. I, I've seen that. Oh, you stay in Hogang or oh, HDB, is it? Uh, like it's like why does that? Why, why does, does that matter? Yeah, why does yeah. that matter? Why does right? that matter? My value to my to my job or value what I do every day doesn't matter on where I stay. Yeah, I want to give a little bit of context for that, right? So I think a lot of people, like what Don said, you must be in a favorable position, ah. Uh then you can say don't know, mm. right? So you've got things to negotiate with, right? And I think that is a, always a great place to be when you're trying to negotiate. Mm. Don't be in a desperate position, right? Because when you're in a desperate position, there's nothing to negotiate. Whatever is given, you take. That's all it is, right? But for all of you tuning in that you are in a decent position, you are going to negotiate, you must learn to walk away. Right. And and I think that's okay. Perfectly fine. Whether or not you want to go online and shame the company, that is a different discussion. Yeah. Uh, that's a different discussion. Because uh, other companies also looking at it, right? If you go viral, that is one thing. Don't go viral, also another thing, right? <laughs> Either way, whether you want to shame, that's a thing. Whether you have the abilities to go and negotiate, that's another thing. One more concept that I think, or one more idea that I think a lot of people don't realize is by the time offers are being dished up. Okay, by the time offers are being dished out, you are the last leg of the hiring process. It's either you or maybe one more person. That's it. Yep. There will not be like five or ten people queuing yes. up for because it's already at the last stage. And if the HR were to give up, you know, say not you now, and the other person also don't take up, they repeat the whole process. Right. And most HRs have already about 20% for negotiation already. Right, in terms mm. of like the, the pay that they give you, they still got another 10-20% to play with at the top. Right. So you can still push, right? So you must push. By extension, it also means that you know you can sometimes play. Lah. Because when you know that they are at the last stage of hiring you, they're already giving you the offer. Whatever they say is one thing, yes, but what is the reality that is really being played out? They are already so certain about you already. Why don't push it a little bit? You know, you know what I mean? Therein is the unfairness of the situation, right? Mm. Because we're in this society today where a lot of us, unfortunately, and I would say this is the majority of us, mm. we are being tied to our last paycheck. Mm. Mm. Not mm. everyone has the privilege to not give or risk dealing with the consequences of not giving. So it's very frustrating. And it's also unfair to a certain extent when someone perhaps less qualified than you and less capable than you is earning more simply because they had a higher last paycheck. So if we look at, for instance, right, let's say two people come in for a marketing role, okay, in a in an Asian company. For for the sake of this discussion, I'm just gonna say Asian versus Western, although we can acknowledge that sometimes the practices might differ in each, okay. Mm. But they both go into a marketing role. One person came from Google, so they pay a lot higher, ma, to take that person away where he, his last salary was let's say ten thousand dollars, versus this other person who came from your direct competitor, really great person, the less less training needed, but paid 6K. Mm. Then let's say you take both of them in. Why should the relevant one with less training be paid only 20% more than that 6K versus that ex-Google person where you have to pay so much more? But this is the reality in the world today, right? And that's mm. why in your employment contract, they always say salary cannot discuss with your fellow colleagues. Why are mm. they so afraid of that? In most Western countries or some Western companies, it's very transparent, mm. right? Is that the case for yours? Uh, yeah, tech companies are transparent to a certain extent with regards to pay scale. So some companies you can go in, you can actually see what each level earns, et cetera, et cetera. And what that, what that does is, is shows transparency mm. with regards to, you know, every single person working at the organization and they're paid X because of X value that they bring, mm. right? Um, 
Now, if I want to, I just spin that a little bit, right? In terms of Google and, and the 6K guy or 6K person. <laughs> Google and 6K guy. <laughs> she, she didn't say which. Yeah, yeah, company, yeah. Right? So 6K the person. 6K person. Yeah. Yeah. Always name the good one. Don't name yeah, the yeah, not yeah, so yeah. good one. The HR could be going, oh, you know what? We are an Asian company. Like what Reggie has said, we're not a market leader, but we're getting someone who is a market leader from Google and therefore determine that we need to pay him that amount. Yeah. So that could be a reason. So sometimes, right? right? How much is it a reason versus an excuse? All reasons are excuse, lah, depending on who is looking <laughs> yeah. at it, right? Yeah. Every yeah. reason looks at the point of yeah, But yeah, if you're telling yeah. me to no one, right? To nobody, right? Equal same uh, reputation, same role, one earning 10% more than the other. Not even how 10%, come, so much more. Yeah, but, but how come they get a higher pay than I when both of us are doing the same thing? This can also be said in Singapore with a local versus an expat. Mm. Right? You're, oh, doing, this one, uh, you're, doing, you're doing the yes. exact same role and yet the expat is earning more than you. Yes, yep. yes. Right? Like so this, this is also there. Is it still there? Is it still I common? So, yes. It's still common. Yeah. I think it's still a prevalent practice in hiring mm. organizations yeah. today. So they still pay the ang more more. And then some of them, I remember we had this discussion in one of our previous podcasts, right? They justify it by oh, but the ang more has higher rent to pay. Uh. You don't have, you live with your parents. So I rent also can lah. <laughs> right. Does that mean I rent? I want to rent. Right? So then like mm. that, then you pay me the same, is it? Right? Like uh, yeah. oh my goodness. Yeah. I know, this is the problem, right? Because the salary is not consumerate with the value that the person brings. Sometimes it's tainted by just because your ex company paid you more. Sometimes mm. it's tainted by your nationality, like an expat versus a local. Sometimes it's tainted by your gender. Mm. If you're a mom, wow, you're like, so oh, many wow. I think you need to keep taking wow. time off. Uh. Gender payback coming in, right? Yeah, the gender glass ceiling is real. Yeah, yeah, right? And you're absolutely. like, oh, I, and if you look online, there are a lot of women who are sharing stories of how their bosses are uh, fired them or did not want, they, they got through all the way and then they had to disclose that they were pregnant and they didn't get the offer. Mm. It's, it's a very real thing. There's no protection against that. No. no. There's only protection yeah. if you fire a pregnant employee after knowing she's pregnant at a certain stage. Mm. But there are many ways you can play with that black really? and white regulation. Yes. You can make the employee leave. Then it's not your fault. Oh, yeah. That's, That's a, one. It's HR policy. It's a very real, real I've actually written this in my blog many years ago. Later on, a few years uh, after the Straits Times covered it. Mm. And one of the tactics that some employers use is that they make the job of the pregnant women so difficult, physically difficult, that it puts her and the baby almost at danger. So in order to protect her baby, she has no choice but to quit. Mm. Such wow. as one case was making the pregnant woman climb up the chair to put up the decorations. Yeah, but all these insidious practices do exist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know, I've, I've, heard, I've heard people say things like, set, up, set your team up to fail. So then there's a reason to to let them go. Exactly. Because company policy say it must like that, like that, yeah. like that, like that. I've heard. That. Exactly. And this is a management type of discussion. I've heard them say a lot of those kind of things. But, but I want to double down a little bit on the foreigner, hmm. local, expat, expat local, local, pay difference. Pay difference. Like what, what is the situation now? I mean, in your, in your view? In my view, I feel that it still exists, mm. right? Mm. Especially companies that have localized, right? Um, Western companies that have localized in Singapore, like you were, you were bringing that up early in the, early in the podcast, because then they know, okay, you know what? I'll bring in a couple of these people, and we will say that they have come from uh, Europe or, or US with expertise. So for diversity, that's, that's how they, they give. Yeah, that's how they give their reasoning, right? They're coming in, they're parachuted in, so we need to pay them more. 
um, because they're bringing all these expertise in. But when you realize that, oh, you know what, your, your Singaporean counterpart, I'm going to use the word Singaporean here, who technically doesn't have an EP pay minimum that they need to, that mm-hmm. they need to hit, is actually doing better than the person that got parachuted mm-hmm. in with all mm-hmm. this experience. So which why? is not uh, an uncommon yeah, sight. Which is not yes. uncommon. I've seen this Which is yes. not well. uncommon. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then why, why is that not the same? Mm-hmm. And if they start talking, right, as you know, I have in my previous organizations, I get flagged up to HR going, why did you talk about it? Yeah. Really? Yes. I get straight, straight flagged up to HR. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm doing better. I'm working harder. Why am I not equal? And then that's where what's what, the, reason? the reasons they give you are just excuses. I refuse to listen to those reasons, but I mean, we have a few that we just mm, mm, spun mm, out. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. And it's real, it's very, and part of it also goes back to the last paycheck thing, isn't it? It does. It when does. they come in, anchor from, paycheck, yes. Yeah, yes. It's correct. It anchors the rest of their career livelihood. Mm. But the thing is, why does it have to be that way? So, mm. I mean, when they come in, they are given their paycheck. Let's assume mm-hmm. they give their paycheck. Mm. Okay. But their paycheck from a Western country is very different to here in Asia. Exactly. Because of direct taxation. Mm. Because of all the other stuff that's with it. 50% exactly. tax, huh? I mean, welfare yeah. states, depending on how much you earn, is what, 30 to 50%? 30% mm. withholding. I think in London, it goes up to 50% that's withholding. That's I need to pay rent. <laughs> Life's so hard, <laughs> right? And even them coming here on the same salary is increasing their wealth already, if you think about it. Yeah. Even after they pay rent, mm. right? Mm. So mm. that's... That's something that... That's that, life. That's the real world. I think that's... No, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking exactly. about. Today. We're talking about and it so that it will not be, be the real world correct. for long. Yeah. Yes. So right. that we can inspire change. Yes, change needs yes. to And I think, you know, if we look back, right? Oh, like people have always been secretive about their salary. Mm, mm. But today, these conversations are becoming more open. Mm, mm. Today, with relationships and with social media it's harder to keep your salary under wraps because someone will disclose. And then that's where all the disparities come to light, all the unhappiness. And eventually, I hope and pray that in the future, we will be in organizations and corporations everywhere whereby you get rewarded based on the value you bring to the organization. Mm. Not by your last paycheck, your mm. race, your mm. nationality, your gender, but mm. by the actual value that you give. But unfortunately, based on where we are today, I think we're very far apart. Yeah. So the question is, what, what will it take for us to get there? And for the individual, how do they overcome this pulling them back? Active job hopping. Mm. Always job hop when you are, move one. around when you are in a positive position. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Yes. When you are doing great, when you're doing well, when the review come in, the bonus is big. Uh, best time to go shopping. Leave at your peak. Yes, yes, yes. Because that is the position where you can negotiate and discuss. Right, and um, there's no harm in trying to find out what is within the organization, how much are the other people being paid. You can always ask them whether they tell you or not, that's another thing. Whether you ask or not, that is you, right? Mm. So you can ask other people in the same department, aga, aga, you know, what, what are they being paid and all that. I think I think that's very helpful. Actually, there are, there are a few other ways that you can try and find out even for the organization that you want to go to. That's Glassdoor. I was there's just about this, to say Glassdoor. There's this other company called Blind. Uh, it's mainly in the US right now. Mm. It's mainly on tech as well, but slowly branching out. You, It's anonymous. So you know how in Glassdoor you have to sign in? Mm, mm. This is completely anonymous under a company. You just search for it in blind 
and they everything will pop up. We should do a anybody that wants here. to go in and review, and we will go in and review, yeah. and no one will know about it. They don't mm. know who said what. Mm. Um, and that's another way that you can even try and look at it to just gauge where mm. it should be. Mm. But coming back to to salary, right? And this is why you know in in the other podcasts that we're doing on. You know, should your job be the a salesperson? Sales, yes. You are a salesperson every day of your life. Mm. Believe it or not. When you go for an interview, you're selling yourself. Mm, mm. The problem about the interview is you need to sell yourself humbly. Because if you sell yourself too much, then you'll be like, oh, no, can I, can I? Mm, Really? Yeah. Um, if, you, if you become an official uh, and become arrogant, then... Serious? Yeah. yeah. Then they don't want you on the team. If, you, if oh. you're perceived to be arrogant, would you want an arrogant person in your team? Okay. <laughs> it's like you always say you cannot give the cliche. What's your weakness? I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. <laughs> mm. No, the day, no. The day, I'm working with one of the media teams of uh, one of the president-elect. Huh? Mm. Cannot say who, okay, but one of the president-elect. I sent them an extra letter, you know. I said, dear so-and-so, I feel like I'm the best host that you can have for this campaign. <laughs> blah, 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 Because I have the never say die attitude, you know, that mm. Singaporeans should all strive to have, mm. right? Rather than your uh, CNA anchor, you know, all the, all the people that you will get, right? They are like parachuted in, they come from a very smooth sailing life. They get there. Okay, not not all, not all, mm. but, but majority, right? So, and anyway, you will have a walk in the park with them, right? In the... In independent media sphere, you should come on my show. I specifically said that. And I don't feel paisa at all to sell myself, right? Because I feel like that is at the crux of it, right? You need to push yourself, right? But uh, whether you push yourself in the right way, it depends so on the cultural... The You're supposed to push yourself in the right way. Yeah, mm-hmm. What the right way on is, the cultural is understanding of yeah. that exactly. organization that yeah. you're going with. Yeah. But when okay. you go for an interview, it's important that you know that you have stuff and, you know, tricks up your sleeve. Mm. And with the power to negotiate, that's why we have been saying move at your best. Mm. Because at your best, your confidence is high. Mm. Mm. And so you're more than happy to go, you know, I don't want that job. Yeah. I'm good here. And you're portraying that in the interview. You're portraying that to HR. No, I'm not going to give my my last salary. You pay me this or I don't need the job. Mm. Mm. Right? If you see me as a viable candidate and clearly we've gone to this stage, then you decide. Yeah, and, and I think working with Headhunter is also very important. Yes. Okay, because, okay, let me share mm. with you why. Huh? There, there is an incentive structure for HR departments to regulate their budgets, right? Because, so uh, for HR, they're incentivized to pay as little as exactly, they can. Exactly, right? That is how they are rewarded, right? Okay, not, uh, I'm, I'm sure, depending on how you classify your HR department, your finance department, whatever, lah, but there is a baseline incentive for them to use as little to get as much value. That is their incentive. Right? So when you go up against this incentive, you are always challenging their incentive. So they will always push you, push you down. Okay. But when you work with a headhunter, okay, the headhunter has a different incentive. The headhunter's commission is based on your salary drawn. Okay. So their incentive is to push you up as much as possible. Mm. Right. But of course, not all career reach a level of requiring headhunters. Yeah. Right, so unless you're in high tech, very specific sectors, which they always have headhunters in in this and not just like tech software, it could be like you know um, rocket engineering or something, right? The very chim chim kind of places, yeah. you will tend to have headhunters that are technical in that sense, and of course in a management level, there's tons of headhunters around hiring people in management, right? So you want to work with the headhunter build a good relationship and a few of them such that anytime things are not going so well or you know you feel like yeah lama I want to go further you just text them like hey got opportunity not right because their incentive is to push you out package you out as the best right mm. with the best mm. rates right so don't be afraid sometimes you're on LinkedIn or in somebody's other profile then you see like hey this one is a headhunter then you don't want to apply through the headhunter actually the headhunter may be you know 
in your uh, favor. Your in your favor because they are the ones, their commission is based on your salary. So yes. they want to push you higher. Yes. Yeah. I think you guys raised a great point about like, just don't give. Be in a position where you don't have to give and you're, you're ruling and you can shoulder the cost of being rejected, not getting the job. But I think also like, in a very practical sense, sometimes we may not, a lot of yeah. us may not be in that position. Mm, yeah. So the other practical step that we can do is to keep job hopping as much as you can until the point where your liabilities start to become a bit more. Mm. So in turn, if we had to quantify this based on age or life stage, for instance, people who don't have kids yet typically can job hop and take on a lot more risk mm. because they can afford being unemployed or uh, to take on that cost versus when you already have kids you'll be like uh, no lah maybe I should just yeah. you know yeah, you will be uh, you, you, yeah. you'll be like okay lah I think I will just give lah I'll just yeah. take this yeah. so I think in the early stage job hopping as regularly as they can I think might be it's a good strategic lah it must yeah. be a bit you strategic you the real world looks at your mm. anchor mm. which is your last paycheck do whatever you can to move the anchor upward yeah yeah but, but I also feel like for a lot of younger people right like you must be a bit real about this. Lah. Because the truth is, yes, you know, if you jump a few times, every time you jump, 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 20, 30, 20, 30, move, 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 right? I have, I have some friends in half a year, they jump, half a year, they jump. You know, great. They, they are, their salary has moved up, but they are all very capable people, right? Like I look at them, I will not second guess their capability in whatever that they're doing. Thank right? you. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> take it, take it, take it, right? So, so, and I think that is perfectly well and good, right? If you are, if you are high flying and whatever you're doing, you should negotiate, go for it, right? But if you are not, okay, let's be real. If you are not, you're not a high flying in what you do, you are middle of the pack, you are average in the, in the space. And I think it's, it takes some level of, you know, authenticity and reality check to know that you're middle of the pack, mm. right? Because not all uh, careers are so easy to evaluate. Like sales numbers are very clear. You're middle of the pack means you're middle of the pack, right? But if you're like in designing or like in engineering mm. or in whatever, may, maybe there's a different way to evaluate. But if you're in the middle of the pack, not say cannot jump, okay? But I feel like you should try to make use of whatever resources you have now in the organization to, to level up yourself, you know, rather than everyday thing of like, oh, jump, 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 right? Because yeah. I, I don't want you to be like a do this or that kind of situation, right. right? Where you're just always thinking about jumping. Like the moment you come in, next day you think, oh, like, <laughs> where can I go next, right? Where's my next jump? Like, come on, right? If you're not the best, please, you know, make use of whatever organization um, that you're in to, to learn and try and, you know, always question the HR, question the management. Like, so what's next? What's next? When you're seeing us, what's next? I think right. that time ma matters as well. Mm, because if mm. you jump too often, like every few months jump one time, it gives your future employers a bad impression. Mm, mm. An impression that you may not always get given the opportunity to explain. No, and sometimes, sometimes mm. I think a lot of us, we think of it as a monetary thing only, right? But you cannot deny that, yes, you come from, you join, you manage to squeeze into the big tech firm. Now, a smaller tech firm is willing to hire you at a premium, right? Because they have to hire a premium to get the person. They have no choice, right? And you jump there. Okay, so you jump there, then what is next? What's going to happen, yeah. right? Is, is that a better place to be for you to grow? Where are you in this stage, right? I think I think that is something that people also need to think about. Like, what are the opportunities in your current organization that can allow you to flip, right? Mm. Is there is there a yeah. chance for you to like jump into management? And these things you have to talk actively with your HR and your direct managers, right? Just ask them. So, uh, I'm really very good at this. What's the next step? 
Yeah. Right. But mm. uh, don't be too kwai lan na. Like, hey, yo, bro, I okay, ready? Like, what's next? No, okay, relax. Okay, relax. But it's more like, you must be clear them. I'm not here to jalan-jalan. I'm not here to walk. Okay, I want to run. Mm. That's why I joined your team. And now that I'm already quite smooth in this, what is next for me? Because as I move up, my salary is expected to move along. Right? And if I don't have that kind of movement, then you want me to sit here for like, what, another two years? What is not very strategic for me, mm-hmm. right? I have to go. Right? And I think that is, the, that is also a big part of thinking about salary leaps. You know, Sometimes you jump to a same position in another company. Yes, you get 20-30% jump. But in this company, in, in a two years time, they shift you into management. You get a big leap. Right? And then from here, you, you essentially play in a different game. Right? Which is why yeah. some of my friends are talking about, oh, you know, in my 30s, uh, I got a squeeze into senior management. Squeeze. Uh, the word is squeeze. Squeeze into senior management, then I cruise as a director. Right, because now a lot of us are stuck in middle management. Mm. We manage small teams, you know, we have cross team management, but we are not making the final decisions. We're not at that level. But if we can squeeze in in our forties, right, thirties, squeeze into the that position, right, you see a lot of the people at the level, right, it's like a merry-go-round. Yeah, they can uh, the next company, next company, next company. They all play at that level, right. Mm. And I think that is a part that that in that way of thinking, it's very hard to jump to get to that level you must grind upwards. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Good points brought up, right? And, and to circle back to, must you give your pay slip when you, when you go? And clearly we've quite evolved from that, from yeah, that conversation. Yeah, yeah. few things to take note, right? Number one, be in a position to say no. That's number mm, one. Mm. Number two, analyze your goal. Your goal shouldn't be the next job. Mm, your mm. goal should be, you should have firstly a career a guidance, a counselor, anything like that. Right, um, but know where you want to be in five years, and look at the small steps to get you there. Sometimes not going for that higher-paying job, but getting that internal promotion, is a good thing. Very because, strategic. Yes, mm. because then it's a different, whole new ball game that you can play with, and whole new job offers that you can play with. I think another thing to note is that when you're moving jobs, you're moving jobs for two reasons: one, position; two, money. Rarely is it both. Mm. That's why when you said, "Okay, big tech company." And then you're moving to a smaller tech company. More often than not, it could be the same or maybe even a pay cut, but your position is higher, mm. right? Mm. So you are in that inner circle as you didn't quite say, but I will say for you, mm. you are in the inner circle to yes. make that strategic decision, mm. right? And is that where you want to be? And then grow with that company. Those mm. are things and, and so many different variables that you have to play with. And you have to part this out yourself with your career counselor, with your mentors, with your direct managers. And mm. have this as an ongoing conversation because people don't leave jobs because of pay. That's not the only reason. Yeah. Not the main reason. People leave jobs because of managers. It, it, could, be like, it different... could be that. But yeah, there are a few other reasons. I mean, okay, yes, if yes. someone is paying you 5000 a month and then suddenly you're getting an offer at 20000 a month, obviously you're going to move. Because mm. of or money. you must question, is it Cambodia? <laughs> 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 hey, don't lah, don't. Better not, okay? Don't. Yeah. Okay, so in closing, I guess, it's going to take a while before we shift out of that practice. Mm. But we talk about some really actionable points that all of us can take. One being <laughs> job hobby. I mean, let's go around the table. Yeah, What's yeah. one actionable point that you hope the listeners will take away from this podcast episode? For anyone who's looking to break free of that anchor, the last paycheck thing, holding them back from growing monetarily and mm. only monetarily. Let's just assume everything else is great okay. and moving already. Okay, mm. So it's mm. just the money that's holding you back now. What can someone do to break free of those chains 
Okay, so I have one point that I feel like a lot of Singaporeans should do more of, right? Uh, I know it's very hard because you all work very long hours, right? There are statistics to tell me that you all work very long hours. Life is hard. One of my listeners asked me, how come you're so smart? Because I don't work a full-time job. So I got a lot of time to go and read other things. Not that I'm smart, you know what I mean? <laughs> right? But you have a full-time job. You have a full grind. It's very difficult. But that being said, uh, I hope that more people can participate in industry events. Right, so depending on which industry you're in, try to be a bit more active within the industry. You know more people. Um, you reach a point where you know the HR, right? You know a lot of these people. They they a bit more, you know, like tarik with you. They're not so hard about it. And a lot of jobs can be created. And you know, like like you don't just think of jobs as a oh, there's an opening in the marketplace. They ask me for this, this, these, then I go for it. Okay, mm. that is one way. But there are many other jobs that can be created. If you talk to the management, you get to know them, you know, um, in networking events, in casual spaces, you know, I'll say, hey, what's your biggest problem? Blah, blah, blah. What's happening, right? Because I've heard many, I'm not saying you as a hypothetical, I've heard many people do this, right? They literally go and ask the company, what is your problem? Is there a job that can be created to fix this problem? Right? And then when you are the one creating the job, right, then okay, everything is up for you to negotiate. Right, there is no no reference anymore. There's no last reference until the HR asks you for a yeah, last basic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but last basic is very common when you are jumping to similar jobs, mm. right? Similar jobs, right? But if you are taking a big leap, you are creating a job with the HR, with the management. You know, then it's a very different discussion altogether, right? And it, or more like you can choose not to give because in that situation, your value to the company is something that has not been able to be solved before. Yeah, fair. And I feel like more Singaporeans can consider this, right? Because as Singapore is trying to move towards higher value chain, there are a lot of new problems that even companies themselves don't realize. Sometimes they have a problem. Yes, this, uh, this, pro- this turnaround problem, uh, this turnover problem is very high, very problematic. But they try all the methods, does not work. In other words, they have wrongly deduced the problem, right? Because whatever problem that they see is only the manifestation of what is what are the deeper problems, right? Because you cannot just readily solve the big problem that you are seeing. What is underneath the smaller problems? And such as maybe somehow you know, right? Because of your intersectionality, right? <laughs> In different sectors, you know that actually maybe you want to see it from this different view, right? And if you can convince the management to see that, hey, actually, yeah, we've been just doing this thing wrong. This is what we want, but we've been doing it wrong. Why we throw so much money in the stadium still, but nobody can watch soccer, right? You know, maybe you're doing something wrong. Like, why are we not making our soccer people influencers? You know, like, why are we not doing like Tampines Rovers, Kitty League or something, right? That all the, all the Tampines people come, you get 50% off because you're Tampines residents. Why aren't we trying something different, right? So something hmm. like that, right? There is a problem here and they have tried all that they can given whatever that they understand it does not work. But maybe you go in with a different view. Actually, I work for blah, blah, blah and I have a different view on this problem. Can you explore it this way? And if you are going in from that position of strength, um, the last pay, not very important. How much you want? How much budget you need to hire? Right? Mm. The discussion suddenly is different. Yeah, and I think yeah. that is a position that I want to see more Singaporeans do it because I see a lot of foreigners here doing that. Mm. I've interacted with many of them and I hope to see more Singaporeans do because I do think that being born and bred here a lot of you and a lot of us we know the problems at a much deeper level and not just like oh parachuted in you study PhD somewhere you know blah 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 and they come in you take whatever you know things that you think you know you know if you're a hammer everything is a nail right I feel like Singaporeans need to take on that view 
right? To break out mm. of this cycle, why not create a job for yourself? Yeah, I think for me, along the topic of us really is have leverage. I'd say that's massive. In any negotiation, whether it be a sales role, an interview or anything else, have leverage, especially if this is a transaction. Make no mistake about it, this is a transaction. So when you have that leverage, you are more confident, you believe that you deserve XXX and you can then say no because you have certain leverage, whether that be value, whether that be a brand name, whether that be anything else that you're going towards. And when you have that innately, subliminally, you will, you will pro protrude and, and portray confidence. And I think that's so, so important when dealing with, with your next pay. One more thing I want to add is your company, you better make sure the company you're trying to join is growing faster than the salary gap that you are trying to close, mm. right? Because I feel like a lot of times we we take whatever big tech tell us, you know, or big finance or big pharma tell us that these guys have big margins. They have huge, huge margins. And you cannot, as an individual, like your manager just cannot afford to pay. Their business is not as big as thriving as those guys, right? And it's perfectly understandable. Mm. Please do not subject that kind of standards to these companies. You must be a bit more realistic about this, right? If the if your company or the potential company you're going to is not growing revenue at that kind of rates, or their profits are not as high, right? Then what you expect? Expect the laundry company to pay you 10K for marketing. Hello, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but you go and walk in the park, right? In the finance field, right? everybody is getting paid 10K, right? VP or blah, blah, blah. Everybody starts with 10K, right? In marketing, right? So so you, you must see which industry, yeah, what is industry happening. Matters. Yeah, you, it matters. You cannot subject the same idea of mm. like, oh yeah, I don't want to give you my last paycheck. The company just cannot afford lah. So I think that's something that, you know, uh, for all of us, we need to be a bit smarter. If you really are going for the kind of pay, you want to grow in the sector, you want to like make the kind of money, then choose the sector well. Right. Not all sectors can give you that kind of leap and don't be in your own airhead bubble to to think like, oh yeah, you know why they don't give me? Is it me? No, it's not you. It's just them. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. And I guess that's why in recent years, we're also starting to see a lot of people jump into the tech industry Yeah. because mm. that industry has traditionally more margins than other industries yeah. Yeah. and hence you have a higher chance of Increasing your salary. Yeah, yeah. but not all sing already. Yeah, yeah all sinking. <laughs> all tau tia. All sink. Are you going to add, add one more point? Yes, right? one more point is a book that I read that changed the way I negotiate. So I will recommend it. We're not getting uh, sponsored, obviously, mm -hmm. but it's a book called Never Split the Difference. It's by Chris Voss. He is an ex FBI director, went to Harvard and did a few things. Read his book. You can finish it in two hours. Um, and he talks everything about his experience negotiating with terrorists negotiating in, in, on that ground. And he translates that to even interviews. He translates that to what you can do on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm. And I use those skills on my day-to-day -day basis at my job. Mm. So have Never a split the difference. Yep. Great. Oh, I mm. love that title. Mm. Yeah. So for me, I guess like in closing, you are so optimistic. So I'm going to put a bit of a dampener here okay, to even it out. For it. <laughs> I think the reality is not going to change so fast. Mm. And the reality is as much as we can give advice about, you know, put yourself in a position of leverage, position of privilege, being able to negotiate, live at your high. We also need to recognize that sometimes listener may not be in that position to do so. Mm. So in this case, then if you have tried not to provide your paycheck, but yet HR is making it difficult for you, then in this case, my advice would be either look at negotiating at other parts. If you really want a job, negotiate in other areas, such mm. as asking for more um, annual leaves, um, asking for more other ad hoc benefits, um, or agreeing to be put on certain projects that may not pay immediate monetary returns, but could 
increase your portfolio for when you move next time or if you move next time, that's one. Um, or even job flexibility, right? I think for mm. mothers, that's something that we value a lot. Mm. Um, it's something that I negotiated for in my role because I was like, out of everything, I can compromise on the pay, but I cannot compromise on the flexibility. So mm. if you're not going to give me a higher pay, you have to give me greater flexibility. Mm. So we can look at all these non-monetary aspects. Um, but another advice I would give is when we're young, try to do whatever we can mm. to make that anchor point higher because later on in our life, we won't have as many opportunities to do so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Once ca- kids come into the picture, yeah. it's harder. Once your parents retire, you have kids. Anything that makes you financially, uh, you become a financial provider for someone else, we have less bargaining power. That's the reality. It's true. Yeah. So it's I think true. everyone should try as much as they can in your 20s, before you have kids, before your parents retire, do whatever you can to increase the anchor point, even if it means going for skills future course. Skills, it hey, depends, why, are we, right? why are we getting sponsored by Kim Future? I'm talking to them already. I'm talking to them. Please, yeah, please. But do whatever it takes to move and increase your anchor point first. Yeah. And then at least in this sense, even if we cannot change the environment that we are in and we don't want to go into another industry because maybe mm. we just like this environment, mm. at least we have a bit more bargaining power there. Fair, fair. If it's raining, right, you open the umbrella, it's okay, right? Mm. And then you go and fix the roof after that. Okay, please don't. I know we are very optimistic, but we're not saying that die, die, ah, it must bear the rain. No, no. If it's, if these things are really raining, then okay, take it. Absolutely. Right? Work yourself towards a better position. I think we're all just trying to be more strategic with our lives. Exactly, mm-hmm. nice. strategic. Bye, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.